So this is the second episode of the Simulated Reality by Analytics India Magazine, and today we have Ankit Mehrotra, CEO of Dineout. Uh, I'm sure you, have, you would have heard of this startup, which is making the rounds. Uh, Ankit, tell us, uh, you know, about the genesis of Dineout. What was the idea? What problem were you trying to solve? Hi. First of all, thanks for having me here. It's a it's a pleasure. Um, yeah, we started off Dineout in 2012. Uh, coincidentally, uh, coincidentally, it was 29 February 2012 is when we started Dineout, and since then it's been a crazy sort of journey. And what we started out to do and what we're doing today, you know, we never thought we'd be doing. But the idea was born from the fact that you know, can we help restaurants manage a lot of their operations a lot better, and can we help consumers discover restaurants in a quick and an easy way? And that was when that's the whole format, and the idea came to us. So I was in London, um, and I'd been in London since 2002, and I had been working as an investment banker. And I one day I just got tired of you know doing that Monday in sort of mm. you know nine, and I was literally working 14, 15 hour uh, days. Mm. And I called Sahil, one of my school friends, mm. and he was in the US at that point in time. And you know we'd been always discussing that we need to do something, and we just started discussing an idea as we um, we loved going out. We used to visit a lot of restaurants in our in the UK or in London or in Sahil in Seattle. Mm. And we, whenever we used to come back to India, we realized that. you know a platform like that doesn't exist which can help us sort of discover restaurants so we're talking about like an open table uh, sort of a platform hmm. and then one day we both decided to just quit our jobs and move back to india to start dineout and this was late 2010 when we made that decision and in 2011 both of us moved back to india hmm. and since then we've been on this uh, you know crazy journey yeah so So uh, obviously you thought there was an opportunity, but what was the eureka moment where we were like, "Yeah, I got something, and this thing can actually blow up." Yeah. So I think um, what happened was in 2010, um, November 2010, mm-hmm. Open Table, which is the largest sort of um, a restaurant reservation platform in mm-hmm. the world, was buying out Top Table, which is the UK equivalent. Okay. And it just so happened that one of the bank we we were one of the banks mandated on the deal. and when i was studying that entire model very closely mm. i realized that you know it's a great model that open table has built over the years and and top table also so mm. they were charging so they had two revenue models at point in time one was they were charging a fixed fee per per diner and then they were also charging a software fee per restaurant yeah. and that built a lot of stickiness so that model just you know sort of blew me away at that point in time and i realized you know maybe this is something that could work in india and mm. that was when we decided to sort of quit our jobs and move back And when we moved back, um, we were joined by two more of our school friends, uh, Sahil, uh, Vivek, and Nikhil. Mm. So actually, all four of us have known each other since we were five years old. We were at the same school since nursery. Um, our parents were friends, and all of us had different careers up to that point in time. And then, so we we left school in 2002, and we moved, got together back in 2011 mm. to start Dineout after having a career of you know nine ten years. Um, independently and then you know we just said that's it you know it's time for us to sort of yeah. change the ecosystem per se the restaurant ecosystem yes yes uh, you know in the food tech industry we hear a lot about swiggy talk yeah. a lot about zomato there's a lot of hype there i guess yeah so uh, why don't we uh, you know hear a lot more about dineout i mean in terms of how you're creating value for the industry sure. what is there what's happening uh, uh, i think that's a that's a great question so i think um obviously the quantum of funding that's gone into the business is also a direct uh, proportion of the media new, or mm. hype surrounding them and having said that we started in 2011 so we are one of the oldest food tech companies still mm. in india who's out there and doing you know doing some business so in fact zomato is the only one which is before us yeah um having said that i think um, zomato and swiggy today are focusing a lot more on the delivery part of the, uh, of the food uh, dining mm. uh, of the experience of the restaurant experience Yeah. whereas from day one our focus has been on dining out and that's how as a platform we've been able to sort of evolve over time yeah. but more importantly in our journey early on as well we realized that the real value lies in sort of helping restauranters and restaurants manage their business a lot more effectively and essentially that's what we've been sort of building and a lot of it is you know painful behind the work scenes that you have to do you know grind it out working with partner restaurants So yeah. while so while you know there might not have been as much sort of uh, you know media around us, but you know re- we we built a very solid business which is you know which is doing really well as of date. Yeah, but how big is opportunity when you see uh, you know in the food tech and you know the services around it? 
and you know the applications of technology sure. which you your company is working on what what kind of opportunity do you see there sure so let's look at opportunity from two different perspectives yeah. one is the consumer side and one is the restaurant side okay so from a consumer perspective you know a lot of people are blown away by the fact that in india alone at the top 20 cities there are approximately 5 billion dining instances happening annually so what do i mean by that is that 5 billion covers are going to restaurants on an annual basis just think about that number you know how huge that is mm. um and that includes if if a consumer goes out you know 10 times in the year so that's counted as 10 mm. but he's going out and still spending money at a restaurant from a restaurant perspective in india as of now um the latest nri report states that there are approximately 1.6 million restaurants out of which half a million are in the organized space mm. so what we mean by that is that half a million restaurants are where you know uh, a bill is being generated and provided to a consumer so that's so looking at from a from that perspective it's a huge sort of a from a from a consumer perspective as well as a restaurant perspective it's a huge industry and the dollar figure around this number so another quick interesting fact about the restaurant industry yeah it's it's seven times larger than the bollywood industry what yeah it's crazy yeah. when yeah. we first got to know that number we were blown away as well so the average so the bollywood industry in india is approximately around 8 to 9000 crores yeah. the restaurant industry is approximately 60000 crores oh that's huge it's the second largest employment sector in india uh you know crazy imagine you know that's if the, uh, that's the, the number of people working in the restaurant industry is absolutely yeah. phenomenal having and having said that the other way to look at this number is that from a dining perspective 80% of the industry is dining in at the restaurants and only 25 uh, 20% of that is delivery yeah. so dining in or dining at the restaurant still constitutes a huge sort of a da- dollar value on that figure so that's yeah. that's how big the opportunity is yeah i mean and everyone is just like all the, especially the media is focused on the delivery yeah. part what about the dining part people Absolutely. are going and spending way more money to you know restaurants and you know uh in fact when you deliver something i think you're more conscious about the cost factor absolutely yeah <laughs> you you hit the nail on the head so um so when we lo- when we speak about consumer behavior right yeah. a few things that that and especially which is very india centric so the fact is that in india people today are dining out a lot more and when we look at frequencies it's the third highest frequency use case in india so first is cabs so people use mm. cabs a lot then second is delivery but it's not at the expense of dining out mm. because and the third is uh, food or dining out from a perspective of what do people do so an average indian spends 20 times more on dining out than he does on entertainment mm. and that's purely because of a couple of factors right first um, there are not that many options you know what does a consumer typically do today they would go out to a mall watch a movie or and then that also is ended by dining out yeah. so you know some of the studies that we've done show that an average consumer today in urban india is dining out at least four to five times a month mm-hmm. and and every time he dines out an average bill amount is approximately 2000 rupees as compared to let's say 300 rupees on a home delivery uh, you know order mm-hmm. so the ticket size is a lot yeah. is a lot higher and even um, you know latest numbers say that an average indian watches movie only let's say once in two months or something like that and now with netflix and all coming in that's even reduced so so what i'm trying to get to is the fact that that dining out is the number one use case for a, a urban you know millennial or mm-hmm. a urban indian today yeah. with a huge pocket spend so yeah yeah i mean the, that's a huge opportunity but at the same time you know the restaurant business is not easy i mean there are Absolutely. lot of challenges and so how do you think technology you know can help restaurant people restaurant owners you know to solve these technology to solve these challenges absolutely i think uh, yeah if you can tell about that you know sure so i think what's important to understand is the evolution of the indian restaurant industry and how it's evolved over the last sort of 5 6 years okay so essentially what's happened is that in the last 5 6 years um the cost of running a restaurant has gone up tremendously yeah. so for example the cost of real estate has has risen uh, significantly cost of raw material ingredients food etc is rising mm. cost of labor has nearly tripled in the last sort of 6 odd years primarily because of the advent of you know yeah. ola ola and uber from a cap or from a delivery perspective so now so now people have an options so earlier people were working in the restaurant industry now have a lot more options and as a result the cost of running a restaurant is has risen significantly and the prices have not risen in in line with it okay. and as a result the profit margins of running a restaurant have sort of shrunk uh, mm. rapidly and when that happens across any industry 
people need to sort of adopt technologies to manage their costs a lot more efficiently and a lot more better and this is what we are essentially trying to do at dineout so while dineout is a, is a consumer platform and that's what it looks appears from the outside mm. and we see it close to 3 and 1/2 million diners a month the meat of what we do is actually build technology for the restaurant okay and we have a suite of um so inresto is our restaurant tech product it's a suite of 10 different modules and it's a saas module and restaurants can choose to sort of pick and use whichever modules they want to sort of work with mm. and what we essentially do for the restaurant is few, a couple of things mainly so the first challenge any restaurant faces today is that they do not recognize their customers okay so what i mean by that is you know take an example of let's say a social or a big or a big chain which has multiple mm. outlets right i could be going to the same outlet you know four times a month and still the fifth time i go the restaurant recognizing me is actually very sort of re- if he recognizes me physically that's it you know there's no way technology can be used to sort of recognize this uh, the customer and if i happen to go to the uh, to a different outlet there's no way that they would recognize me the second challenge is that while a lot of people use pen and paper to start to recognize customers and write down registers so you'll have a lot of restaurants with registers okay. at the front desk where they're taking down your phone number etc hmm. the challenge lies at the the post or the billing system is okay. actually a black is a black box so on the billing system you would know that someone sitting on table number 5 just ended up ordering you know 5000 rupees worth of food and drinks but there's no idea who that person is so typically a good restaurant you know is doing 1 crore of gmv a month has no idea who its customers are and once restaurants do not know who their customers are they end up spending uh, a lot of money on actually sort of acquiring or the or the cac the cac for a restaurant is rising tremendously and they're spending the same amount of money on recognize on getting the new customers versus an existing customer and that's what we are sort of as a first step we help restaurants do sure so uh, apart from that let's just talk about the technology aspect absolutely it, right because uh, sure. what technologies then are you using uh, i mean you mentioned saas products yeah. if you can just go you know mm. and talk about specific technology sure. products and how they are built from the ground up yeah sure so today a t- average restaurant uses technology in three different per, uh, verticals the first is they use technology to acquire a customer then they use technology to engage with a customer and the third is they use technology to retain a customer so let's talk about each of these in a bit of detail right so acquisition of a customer happens through multiple channels it could be a restaurant's own channel where they have their own website or facebook page or social media presence or it's a platform like dineout or swiggy or zomato where you know where that's where the customers are and then they're visiting a restaurant or and these are the main sort of or it's you know for example advertisement and then there direct customer acquisition that mm. happens so fr- on from that perspective we help restaurants actually so our first product that we use for them is called inresto uh, yes. reserve and yes. or guest or slash, guest app and that's the first thing that helps a customer to actually when they walk into a restaurant they give their phone number and get registered onto the database mm. so what we've done is we've uh, we've replaced the pen and paper at the at the concierge the front desk with an android tablet which is running a guest app okay um, which is what we call that's the name of the product which is actually recording each and every single person visiting into the restaurant and that goes into the database to do a lot more things on it Hmm. So that's how the first part of the system works. Okay. The second part which or how restaurants use technology is actually to engage with customers inside the restaurant. And think about every single thing that a restaurant or a consumer's experience is. You walk in, you have the menu, hmm. you have the waiters recommending dishes, you have people So recommending dishes based on my past uh, order history maybe, right? So so this was it doesn't happen today what happens typically is that when you walk into a restaurant they, they don't know me they don't know you yeah. and then if you ask the waiter what's good you know they would recommend the top two or three dishes mm. which they are which they memorize or something they're actually and i'm like good. what if what if they knew what i actually Ex- like yeah absolutely exactly and you know what's the funniest part about this is that when we when we looked at menus of restaurants right the average menu today has approximately 300 odd dishes mm. across multiple categories but the fact is that only 20% of those get ordered 80% of the time Okay. But a restaurant has to sort of cater for all of them mm. in the kitchen, and that leads to a lot of wastage, etc. And that's yeah. something that we're trying to sort of solve for them as well. Yeah. But from that perspective, you know, I'm just consu- thinking about the consumer journey inside a restaurant. 
the, you have the waiter experience, then the menus, then you have to pay the bill, then you have to uh, sort of leave a review. So we've tried to digitize um, all of this using our, our system. Mm-hmm. And so, for example, we have uh, in Resto feedback module, which is very popular with restaurants. And basically what it does is if you think about it, right, typically what happens today when a customer has a bad experience, you have a sour experience, you leave the restaurant and then you go leave a review on a social media somewhere mm-hmm. or some platform. But by then it's already too late for any action to be taken. And, you know, the restaurant has a bad name. So what we do is in Resto Feedback is actually an Android tablet again, which instead of giving a physical feedback form, which typically, you know, people are not able to do any action upon, you're able to leave a review while you're inside the restaurant on that. And if it's a negative review or we have some key keywords attached, so there's a lot of um, artificial, so there's a lot of intelligence and ML going into all of this. So if you are actually leaving a negative review, the yeah. system picks up a certain few keywords and bases that it sends an alert to either the manager or the owner in real time. Mm. And it's possible to do service recovery while the consumer is inside the restaurant. And that goes a long way in ensuring that the end customer experience is really good as opposed to them going and leaving a feedback online later on. So, you know, so that's one module that is done okay. really well sure. for us. We'll, talk to the, we'll come to the menu yeah, in, a, sure. in a bit. And then the third thing that consumers or restaurants interact with on how do they retain or um, retain customers after okay. the consumer has le- uh, left the restaurant. So that's also like a big pain point, I guess. It's a huge pain point, yeah. you know, because today the problem is a typical restaurant is spending money on advertisement across multiple channels, yeah. whether it's social media, whether it's other platforms, whether it's print, radio, etc., but they have no idea of knowing whether a customer who's walking in is a new customer or existing customer through and which channel is he coming through. So mm. the, it's impossible to judge the efficacy of that customer. Sure. What we do very well is do great loyalty or campaign management for them. And essentially what that means is that once, if you remember right, on the front end, now every customer walking into the restaurant is entered into the database, mm. which is their database. Now, restaurants, we've given them the capability to run campaigns as and when they want across different criteria. So, for example, a lot of restaurants every morning, what they do is automatically people whose either anniversaries or birthdays are coming up in the next 10 days, they send out an automated campaign to them saying, hey, we know you know birthday is coming up or anniversary is coming up. Why don't you come celebrate with us and get a 10% or 15% or XYZ offer? Hmm. Now, the advantage of that is that it's a very customized thing. People are generally would generally go out to celebrate th- these occasions. And from a restaurant perspective, think about it, right? A restaurant who has 10,000 people who sends an SMS to 10,000 people, the cost of sending that SMS is 10 or 12 pesos. So he spent 1,200 rupees to reach out to 10,000 people. And out of that, even if we see a one, or typically we see a 1% conversion rate, 100 people would come back in using from that channel. And the 100 people would end up spending approximately, you know, 60, 70,000 rupees. Yeah. So the idea is that the, just calculate the ROI on that, you know, from a 1200 rupee investment, they've been able to get a 70,000 rupee ROI. So that's very difficult or impossible for restaurants to recognize through other channels. So that um, the campaign of loyalty management is also one of our best selling tools, um, which is being used by large chains across across India. So. So overall, essentially, what I'm trying to say is, so, so that's happening on sort of managing the consumer part of it. But the larger challenge that restaurants face is on managing their backends and the, mm. and the boss or the billing system. Sure. So for example, as I mentioned earlier, right, the billing system is, is a black box. It doesn't recognize who the person is sitting at the table. So you know, we might go to a, a restaurant which we've gone to five times in the last one month and we might end up spending you know 10,000 rupees, but the restaurant doesn't recognize me basis my spend okay so what we've now done is we've integrated the lawyer the guest app or the front end with the boss and now what that means is that as soon as you walk into a restaurant you would give your name and number and they would seat you on a table number five the same table number five on the boss would record you okay and as a result the whatever you're ordering your eating habits your preferences etc is getting recorded in the system hmm. and as a result it can be used the next time to target the consumer or you know what does a waiter come and recommend to you? Can be done a lot more intelligently based on what you've ordered in the past, okay. and that is actually being possible because now we also have our own POS, which is the point of sale yeah. system, and we built a lot on that. Mm-hmm. So, so this is all about inside the restaurant. But what about the back end? About the operations? About the ordering, etc. So, our best-selling module to date is um, something called the um, po- uh, in-resto supply chain. So, which is used by all the top cloud kitchens in India, for example, 
um, Inner Chef uses it, um, Fresh Menu uses it, CureFit uses it, Bowl Company uses it, Theo Brahma uses it, all the cloud kitchens sort of use this system. And essentially what they need to do is manage the ingredients that are coming in, mm. in the central kitchen. And then from there, whatever is being produced needs to be sort of mapped to which outlet it's going. And as and when the outlet starts selling these things, it needs to get reduced from the overall stock so that once you're above or once you get to a certain threshold, you get the system can automatically sort of order the items themselves. Mm-hmm. So what we've done is we start with the front end of the restaurant and we started just working our way back inside to see where all can we build efficiency. And then the final point that we managed to get through from that is, is the actual logistics of the supply chain. Mm. So what we realized today is that a, that a restaurant runs an operation very inefficiently because today they're dealing, an average restaurant deals with around 15 to 20 vendors for different kind of things. For example, raw material. You know, so he's getting rice from somewhere else, flour, some, flour from somewhere else, meat from somewhere else, fresh vegetables from somewhere else, linens from somewhere else. But he needs all of these things to run operations effectively. So what we did is, and um, this was our latest integration, we actually integrated with Amazon B2B. Mm. And now a restaurant can actually go to our dashboard and at the click of a button, just order whatever he needs from um, and Amazon would fulfill that and send it to the to the restaurant. So the idea is we're trying to reduce friction as much as possible. Because typically what was happening when in our experience with the restaurants was yeah. that you run out of, let's say you want to make biryani and you need rice and you need meat. You would get the rice, but you won't get the meat for two days and then you know, you're know you waiting for it. So now all of these things can be managed in a very seamless way by the restaurants. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's a very complicated uh, supply chain, obviously, yeah. in the restaurant. I mean, your products are obviously very unique and innovative, but what about your backend? How do you manage all of this? If you can talk about that, you know, what is the tech that goes behind managing all of these restaurants and, yeah. you know, making sure that everything runs smooth, smoothly? Um, that's So actually, um, one of the things that we've done over a period of time is, um, you know, done, uh, done very smart acquisition. So mm-hmm. in resto that we spoke about, and actually the point of sale system billing, or the billing system is also acquired. So we first talked talkers exactly. Yeah. We acquired in resto in 2015. And since then, we've been able to, we've been able to scale it up to around six 7,000 restaurants. And then we acquired Talkers uh, last year in November 2018. And now we've been able to scale that up also to around 8,000 odd restaurants. Mm-hmm. And between the two, you know, there's a host, there's a mix of technology that goes into sort of, do, uh, you know, building all of that. So now, for example, we're moving to the cloud pause completely. Okay. So Talkers is in the cloud now, cloud now completely. And managing that in real time is a huge challenge. Um, in resto is a different uh, language altogether. So now we're working very hard to sort of get all of this on the same same platform. Multiple technologies are being used. We're always continuously sort of looking at, you know, where can we drive efficiency from? What's the latest sort of language that we can learn from a database perspective? Mm. And it's also complicated to understand because at a restaurant and we're talking about, you know, multiple dishes, multiple ingredients, multiple, you know, there are multiple points of information that is coming in from every from every single day that we are running operations so how do we get all of these onto the same platform mm-hmm. and then how do we make sense of this so we have now started doing a lot of data analytics on this where using you know i know ai is used very sort of very loosely these mm-hmm. days but the, but the fact is that we're actually running you know um, multi- hundreds of uh, thousands of touch points across restaurants analyzing that and being are able to sort of tell restaurant what goes with what recommending what item with or combos with what dishes etc and that's actually brings us to our latest sort of product which we launched sort of three uh, three months back which we call in resto uh, dine-in okay and the idea behind dine-in is very simple right when we looked at the entire rest restaurant industry and the hospitality sector overall the question that we always asked ourselves was that how come that let's say flights or hotels or cabs have been disrupted by supply and demand and surge pricing and why can that concept not exist in the restaurant industry mm, yeah. so for example you know last minute fl- uh, flights are expensive last minute rooms yes. are expensive you know cabs have surge pricing but why can a restaurant which is packed on a friday not offer a, dr- um, a drink at 400 rupees as and why does he need to offer the same thing on a tuesday afternoon at 400 rupees yeah, when he's empty exactly. right yeah. so supply and demand has not impacted the restaurant industry till now and the main reason for that was when we looked at it was menus. So menus, since the time restaurants have opened, have always been in the prescribed print format. Okay. 
and the reason for that is because it's costly to sort of reprint menus it's very difficult to have differential pricing on menus basis analytics or anything to do real time and hence the industry sort of chose to go with the standard thing and now because we have so much information happening on the back end what we are able to do very effectively and what we've done very effectively is digitize the entire menu and put it on the consumer's phone mm. and it's not just through the dine out app today a lot of restaurants so we're piloting this at, a, at around 50 odd restaurants you walk into a restaurant and you have a qr code on every table and every single person on that table just scans a qr code and you open the menu and as a result of, and now once you have the menu on your phone It, it's a digital so you know we all believe that food like a picture is worth a thousand words okay. and it's nowhere more nowhere more prevalent than the restaurant industry where you know you have dishes which you just read and there's no way you can understand you know what what you've read what it would look like and you know and the one thing that we noticed was that because of this people went with the safer option always so if i if i read a name of a dish that sounds vaguely familiar mm. and i look at the two lines of description people would tend to go with the safe thing because no one wants to have yeah. like a bad day or a bad experience yeah. inside the restaurant no one, no one wants to experiment uh, and you know waste probably exactly their, yeah uh, so so now after, what we've done is we've moved the menu to your phone and we made it digital and we made it pictorial yeah. and as a result that you can actually see what you're ordering mm. and what that has helped is that all of a sudden people have now started ordering a lot more dishes which they were not ordering earlier okay from a restaurant's perspective you know typically they have to make provision for all dishes so now those dishes are moving otherwise there was a lot of wastage that was happening because they have to have the ingredients ready for a dish okay. but all these ingredients obviously has have a shelf life so that's happening and then restaurants are able to push a lot more intelligence and combos inside so let's say if i order a, a soup that i can push a dim sum to it or if i order a pizza i can push a beer and all of this is happening in a very personalized manner so now as i said earlier right now because we are analyzing so many data points from a overall aggregate level but also on a consumer level mm. i know that what your tastes and preferences are and hence i can the system should be able to recommend something to you rather than a waiter would and the system would be able to do it a lot more accurately and intelligently okay so so yeah so essentially what we are trying to do is you know just look inside the restaurant and figure out where all can we build efficiencies yeah. where all can we sort of improve if, uh, you know improve the consumer journey yeah. just to give you an idea one more thing that we're working with a very popular uh, chain is when you typically if you go out on a friday night or a saturday night right getting a drink at the bar is impossible <laughs> you know there's a huge queue and typically you end up waiting 20 30 minutes okay. and it actually no one thinks about it but it leads to a loss of revenue for the restaurant because if five of you are going out and you're in the you know mood to have a good time you want to have four or five you're not counting your drinks at that point in time but what do you what hampers your experiences how long does it take you to order that drink so typically you know someone goes stands in the bar for 15 20 minutes and there is a you know rush there people climbing over each other mm-hmm. i need a drink and as a result you you could have probably had six drinks but you ended up having only four drinks because of the time taken the qr code works there as well so what we now have done doing is putting qr codes across the restaurant you open them open it through your phone you choose what you want you pay for it and then the bar you just go and collect it oh. so so you don't have to go wait and as a result of that you're able to order a lot more so essentially what we've done is the bartender typically is actually interacting with people listening to what they want and then making now he's just making drinks mm. it comes on a screen and he's making drinks and as a result he's able to make a lot more drinks and able to serve a lot more customers which chain is that so i i'm not at liberty to name it right now yeah, but very no, it's for their own benefit yeah. i mean i'm sure people yeah, so we're working uh, yeah no so we're doing it across a couple of chains so social okay. is uh, social is where we're starting off with okay. uh, we're starting with social in uh, delhi first mm-hmm. and then we'll scale that up yeah so so the impact of your solution not only extends to restaurants and consumers but also to people's evening plans maybe they don't have to wait absolutely like queue management right their mood is not spoiled for the evening right yeah yeah so i mean yeah So uh, let's talk about uh, your journey okay sure. um, what as a technologist what made you interest uh, how did this passion come from you know for the food and optimizing you know supply chains in the food industry was it something that was there uh, before you started out this uh, this thing or is is this something that you thought okay there is some value creation or like you want to make it more efficient sure. or was there more passion about food no so i think um, what happened was um, by profession by 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 schooling mm. so i'm a computer and engineering graduate but 
as soon as i finished my degree i thought i don't want anything to do with the tech industry and i went to <laughs> join investment banking and i did that for seven odd years yeah. uh, in london but food is something that all, you know most indians are very sort of yes. passionate about and and i just realized and so when we were looking at something to do um uh, to start something up and when we decided to choose the re- so we chose the restaurant industry because we realized that it's a lot not a lot of disruption has happened in that and we believed that you know over the next few years that's going to change mm. but and that's how we got into it but since then it's been learning and discovering one step into the next so we started off with a pure consumer platform then we once we started talking to the restauranters we realized oh, okay it's not just about sending them business it's also about managing their operations mm. so when then we got into that once we got into that and we started looking at costs a lot more closely we realized that okay it's not just about operations managing operations effectively it's also about reducing costs etc so i think one step led to the other over a yeah. period of time and we just went sort of started to go deeper and deeper into this entire yeah. uh, industry and it just blew away our mind as to you know how much uh, technology can help but yeah. it's not helping them and the, one of the main reasons for that is that unlike other big industries like for example airline you know there are few airlines but it's a very large um, each player is very large mm. similar with hotel chains you know restaurants inherently are run typically by small you know not uh, by 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 individuals who probably would not focus a lot more on technology then they would do on a lot of other things and that's where our focus became right How can we help them make life easier for them and that was the whole idea of getting into this sure uh So as a technologist obviously you didn't you weren't interested originally yeah. but then it came all back and yes. you connected the dots backwards as Steve Jobs says yeah right? so as technologists you know what is do you think that's important for a lot of technologists who you know maybe are not like interested or maybe they are looking to do much bigger things and just uh, being a technologist mm. and probably they should explore look at these you know inefficiencies across different industries what so, would you say um i think it's a, it's a very personal sort of things again okay. for for me personally i never so me and sahil both are engineers by profession but mm. we never did anything in that in that space mm. uh, you know we had careers in doing different things but then once we started sort of start, once we started dine out and we started sort of evaluating and going deeper into it we realized that the opportunities are endless and technology can and actually does help change a lot of things for uh, for a business So mm-hmm. the idea is that it's all about exploring like you know as i said 7 years back when we started we had i we didn't have a clue that you know this is what we're going to be doing mm-hmm. we're not i never thought we're going to be going deep into the supply chain and you know figuring out menus and you know building all of that but i think one thing that's been always true for us is that we whenever we seen a problem we've gone deeper into it rather than going and finding a new problem and that's why for the last 7 years our focus has been the restaurant industry and we've gone really deep into it as compared to other 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 players and today we're one of the only platforms in india who's able to do the b2c and the b2b part effectively and the, because of that i think the solution that we provide to the restaurant industry is very unique hmm sure and uh, your acquisitions you know have been really really valuable they have added Correct. a lot of value how 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 what is the strategy there and how are you able to because a lot of the times the acquisitions that companies make they yeah. may not add as much value as they, as they might think absolutely so but in your case i mean it's been uh, qu- uh, very different so w- what has been uh, you know right uh what have you done right um, um abs- so i think uh, what we focused upon over the last you know 7 years of our journey is finding the pe- finding the right people who are trying to solve okay. similar problems but from a very different perspective so we've done till date four different acquisitions um in resto in 2015 that was the first acquisition then we did gourmet passport in 2018 february then we did tokus in 2018 november and then we did binge digital in 2019 and all four were actually solving a very particular problem for the re- industry mm. and you know it's i can say that very proudly that the founders of all four um companies that we acquired are still with us today yeah. building and working towards building life or making life a lot easier for the restaurant industry hmm. and you know we and it's just not that we are saying it most restaurants that we work with recognize this but also the restaurant body so for example you know 
in August, we all, we had this huge industry-wide logout movement where people were, where restaurants were revolting against aggregators, etc. But we came out the most favorable from an NRI perspective because of our tech focus and because of our our, uh, our focus on helping restaurants sort of improve improve operations. So it wasn't about just discounts that we want discounts from restaurants. It, it was a lot more about how can we make a life a lot easier or better for them. And that actually sort of, you know, that gave, that helped us receive a lot of good sort of uh, word and coverage across the industry. Give us an example. Give us an example of a challenge phase without maybe naming yeah. a restaurant, but, you know, what challenge a particular restaurant might have faced and how, you know, you solved that. Absolutely, I think that's a great question, and we've done, so we've now done this across so many restaurants. But one example that stands out really clearly is this. So this is a large chain, okay, uh, which was very popular, and it still exists today. Mm. It's got multiple outlets across multiple cities, and mm. same city as multiple outlets. Now the challenge that they faced was that, and this is something that we that's very important to understand, and people outside the industry probably do not understand this is that. The key to profitability inside a restaurant is the table turnaround time. Okay. So what I mean by that is, see, inventory is finite. So you have 20 tables inside a mm. restaurant and your dinner time is finite. You know, most people would dine from, let's say, 7.30 to 10.30. Now, the more people you seat on those tables, the more money you make. And that means that once you need to get people in and out of the restaurant very quickly. So if you, for example, if you have, if you can see three, three, three different cover uh, seatings on the table, and you can somehow manage to do one more, that means you've increased your revenue by twenty five percent. So what this restaurant, the challenge that they were facing was that they, they used to rely, have a lot of waiting time outside their restaurant. Okay. So average consumer was waiting, you know, fifteen to twenty minutes or maybe thirty minutes on weekends to get a table. Hmm. Now what happens is that people don't generally like to wait, so okay. they don't want to. They don't want to do something about it. But then once you get to a restaurant and you're waiting, in most likelihood you'll find it. You'll go to the restaurant next door. And as a result, these people were losing a lot of customers who had come to visit them, but then end up going somewhere else because of the time, waiting okay. time. They started using Inresto. Okay. And one of the key insights that we were able to drive for them and show to them was, and these are very small things which are probably not that apparent, you know, sort of on the face of it, was that a lot of the tables were four tops. So what I mean by that is that uh, most of the tables inside the restaurant were for four covers. But what was happening was that two or three covers were sitting on that so there was always one chair or two chair empty on a on a ta- on a table hmm. now what after looking at their this entire numbers across you know i think they, at that point in time they had 30 odd outlets across 30 out- outlets what we realized is that while there were people you know 30 people waiting outside the restaurant there were probably 15 chairs empty inside the restaurant which were not being utilized hmm. because of the way they had configured their restaurant okay and Hence, we were able to conclusively go back to them and tell them that, you know, if you reduce from four or four top to two tops, so basically just put two tables and if you are like a table for two, and then if you want, if a larger group comes and you merge, it's easier to merge rather than divide, right? So that would help them save a lot of time for the consumers waiting outside. And they did that. And effectively that 20, 25 minutes came down to sort of 10 minutes on a, uh, on a weekend. And as a result, they were able to seat a lot more people and overall revenue increased. So that was one um, example that comes to mind, which sort of, you know, really sort of, uh, you know, blew their mind away as well. The second example that also is a very frequent use case is that typically if you go to a restaurant, which which has a lot of waiting um, and you want to go there, what happens is that you end up, let's say you arrive at a restaurant, you wait 20 minutes to get a table. It's fine. You're standing outside in the queue. Once you get the table, then you will get the menu at that point in time. You will decide what you want to eat. <coughs> the waiter will come and take your order, hmm. place it in the kitchen. And by that time, you know, your first round of food comes. It's probably another 20 odd minutes. So from the time a consumer has arrived at the restaurant to the time he's first eaten or first bite of food approximately takes 40 to 45 minutes. And that means that everything else gets delayed. Hmm. So what we did for this chain was that as soon as a consumer arrived at the restaurant, they registered themselves on Inresto. And as soon as you give your phone number, a link goes to your phone with the menu. So you can start looking at the menu and you can actually place your first, you can order your first course or your starters or your appetizers while you're standing in the queue. 
and what that means is that as soon as you get a table the kitchen has already started preparing your food so instead of waiting 20 minutes to get food you actually get it in sort of 5 or 10 minutes mm. and as a result of that the restaurant is able to feed that consumer and have them out in a much shorter time which means they can seat more people and from a consumer's perspective you don't have to wait 40 50 minutes to order you know to get your first bite of food mm. and that's a great that's a better consumer experience as well so for, by doing this for this chain we were able to completely sort of improve and increase their revenue per table for average meal time so my point is that you know different restaurants have different needs and different use cases so for example um most some like nearly all of the iconic restaurants of bangalore are using um some of our technology but the best use case is toyet and mm. all you know most people in bangalore have been to toyet and it's crazy waiting and they have a system at the front door where you have to enter your phone number and that's our system that's in resto at work right yeah. that helps them manage a lot of things so yeah. essentially you know our systems of the way they've been built over a period of time is for different types of restaurants and we fulfill different types of needs for those restaurants so right from five stars using it to stand alone outlets to large chains to qsrs to just delivery kitchens they all use it so for example one of the use cases that we did not talk about was delivery okay while we ourselves do not do delivery what we realized is that a typical restaurant which is doing delivery is uh, is live on multiple platforms so a typical restaurant is live on uber eats is live on swiggy is live on zomato and the challenge that they were facing at that point in time was that think about right an order comes from a swiggy or a zomato it lands on the swiggy or zomato dashboard and from there the restaurant has to manually print out a kot and punch it punch it into the into the pos and he has to manage three different dashboards training etc mm. so we built a solution which we've integrated with swiggy zomato uber eats everyone and now instead of the order landing on the individual dashboard it lands on our dashboard and it goes to the pos and then it prints the kot so we've been able to save a lot of the work effort involved for a restaurant in actually managing multiple dashboards yeah. and you know it's small things like that this which we've learned over a period of time uh, you know after by being present in the industry which has made life a lot easier for a lot of the restaurants sure uh, what about like the you know um, your technology team mm. what kind of talent do you look for you know because our, our audience you know they they are a lot of them are learners a lot of them are into the tech industry who sure. are you know uh, so what kind of technology uh, specialist or people that you look for what are the so, things yeah so we have three different tech teams as of today across three different locations mm. so we have um, in delhi we have a tech center in um, ncr we have a tech center in pune and we have a tech center in bangalore and across these locations they're working on different languages okay. um you know obviously so java is is, is big um, okay. we used to do a lot of work around sort of php but that's not happening anymore mm. moving to um, new technologies python has become really yeah. interesting um we also have a lot of sort of automation going on from a qa perspective okay. that's really interesting um things that are happening around there so mm. the idea is that um you know the way we build up platforms and systems is that there that we're always looking for people and the the one thing that we look for more than language or technology is people who can come in and solve problems okay. and that's something that's really important because as i said you know across the you know the challenges that we encounter avoid we need people with the mindset to solve problems and that's what we are so, sort of looking at okay um not just this, not and this is not just in india right so our b2b technology over the last one year we've been able to scale outside india as well across five different countries so we're now restaurants in bahrain restaurants in dubai restaurants in saudi arabia and restaurants in kenya are also using our b2b uh, platforms because of the fact that what we essentially have done is that in resto was the crm part and mm. talkus was the post part and okay. typically diff- one company was not making it and as a result what was happening was that the integration between the two was not really strong okay. so a typical restaurant was having to deal with someone else for crm and someone else for pos and they were not talking to each other so the data flow was not happening we been able to over the last one year sort of build this together and integrate this tightly so that the consumer journey starts from the time you walk into the restaurant is tracked all the way till the time you pay the bill and walk out of the restaurant and leave mm, a review sure. and with dine out it actually starts from discovery so what we are now to a very large extent our vision was and we've been able to build is the fact that a consumer visits or discovers a restaurant on the dine out app 
walks into the restaurant is uh, some and makes a reservation walks into the restaurant is recognized he orders through his phone he pays his bill through his phone and he leaves a review and he walks out hmm to build this entire seamless journey and the one thing that we did not speak about in this entire journey is payments okay so over the last um, because there are a lot of payment companies absolutely. in india right a lot of uh, fintech players and correct uh, so yeah that's an interesting part so yeah, yeah. so that was more more so that was more importantly consumer play for us okay so what we realized is that we had a lot of consumers who were coming onto the platform who were reserving a table and visiting a restaurant but then they were dropping off there and we didn't know what they were doing and if you think about it right reservation as a use case only served around 30% of the time when the consumer is going up so when we looked at how can we sort of improve traction or stickiness with our consumers we realized that every single meal mm. a consumer needs to pay his bill mm. and what we effectively built was not a payment like a not a wallet ourselves but what we've done is we've integrated all digital payment systems so today you can walk into a restaurant and use the dinot app to pay your restaurant bill and you can use paytm you can use phone pay you can use google pay you can use amazon mm. you can use credit card net banking you can use um, upi so you can use any and all forms of digital payment through the dinot app itself mm. and that essentially means that a consumer doesn't have to sort of rely on multiple things he knows there's one platform which allows him to use any digital payment mechanism so he's now reserving a table through or he's discovering a restaurant on dinot and then he's going and making a payment on through dinot and that just improves a lot and that builds a lot of stickiness um for the consumer so today you know we have the largest network of restaurants where payments can be enabled digitally as of last count we are at around i think 19000 restaurants across 20 cities where where restaurant bills can be paid via the dinot app hmm. and you know we're looking to scale that up tremendously so while on the b2b side and that's the and that's the core essentially of what we're trying to do right focus on the b2c part of the problem and the b2b part of the problem simultaneously because at the end we believe that both exist to make life easier or we exist to make life easier for the for the restaurants now who do you categorize uh, as a competitor in india is there like specific company who is probably doing the same thing probably zomato gold am i right on that um, uh, so zomato gold would only be competing with us only on the one one part yeah. of the problem right yes. and that's the uniqueness about the platform that we've been able to build mm-hmm. and that's one of the reasons why we've been in this business and been able to survive for such a long time mm-hmm. is the fact that when when someone looks at the entire dinout stack which which has the b2b and the b2c we we need to build a very defensible business hmm. um when we talk about the b2b right today um approximately 10000 or restaurants are using some or the other of our b2b services and we're scaling this up uh, rapidly hmm. similarly we have around 18 19000 restaurants on dinot pay we have around 14000 restaurants on reservations and essentially the ecosystem that we've been able to build itself has uh, is a very defensible ecosystem but more importantly we have people who are focusing on one part of the problem or the other no one else is trying to do the entire thing and that actually makes it very sort of you know defensible for us sure you i mean times internet um, mm-hmm. is the one of the owners yeah, yeah is so why why is it why is it not more efforts on marketing than like they you sh- they should blow you up right yeah like, so so i think i think we've done a great we've done a good enough job with it yeah. i wouldn't say you know it could have always you know with hindsight things could have been better hmm. but the fact is that one thing that we've always focused upon is driving value you know bang for the buck yeah. and over the last sort of 5 5 odd years we've not spent a lot of money so we've we've tried to build a business profitably and build a business sort of um, without giving or blowing up a lot of consumer money on consumers so today sure. you know even when you look at the top sort of e-commerce people or people in the food tech space a lot of them are burning a lot of money on marketing consum- on marketing yeah. and on customer acquisition and retention yes. we don't do that okay and as a result probably that's the reason why I, and you know i think in a way that it's it's good that we've yeah. not had that sort of luxury to blow up a lot of money because that way we've been able to focus <laughs> on actually doing it the right way yes and yeah of course you know in hindsight things could you, you could have done more you could have done less but i think today we're very comfortable i won't say comfortable because that means that we lazy but no Uh, we're very happy with where we are because now we have as a as a platform we we we've been growing tremendously over the last sort of you know 12 months so this year for example without revealing numbers we'll have nearly a 3x growth on revenue we'll have we've ha- we've had a uh, sort of uh, a nearly of th- again 3 3.5x growth mm. on the number of restaurants on the platform number of restaurants using technology so so things are going really well for us as as, yeah. as of now 
with so much of data what are the other opportunities what are you planning on uh, newer kind of solutions because you have had uh, integrated you know pos systems crm yeah. systems are you looking to solve you know more uh, inefficiencies in the hotel supply chain uh, absolutely so it's just it's not just about supply chain right yeah. what's important um, to understand is you know so we believe less is more okay. so now again where can we help restaurants mm. so first we are now getting into menu planning with them okay. so you know typically not every restaurant needs to plan 300 items on the menu i think gordon ramsay would yeah. be interested yeah <laughs> no and that, that's something that you know if you think about traditionally outside india that's happening a lot you know typically restaurants you know have their entire menu on two pages and they do just they just do what they're good at as mm. opposed to india where you know in the last few years it's all become sort of multi cuisine restaurants with multiple sort of you know with hundreds of dishes the idea is that do, le- do you know doing less is equal to doing more so we're helping restaurants get into menu planning because typically in a restaurant you know or in an area you know where what people are ordering mm. or wh- what they're going out for you don't need to have everything yeah you should focus on what you're good at so that's a, a, one thing that we're doing we're also working very closely with um, other associated company fmcg companies who are focusing on the restaurant industry to be able to push out their products a lot more now for example i know that you know in let's say if you go have a to a pizza place that you'll you'll end up drinking probably likelihood of a consumer having beer is a lot higher than having let's say a uh, hard liquor hmm. so then can we work with beer companies to push beer at those outlets and can we so things like that are something that through intelligence we are able to sort of um, you know scale up really well so more uh, probably ai and automation part absolutely absolutely and that's i think i think that's something because of the millions of touch point data points that we're yeah. getting access to just because it, we've now started to sort of use that effectively and there's still so much to be done on this space yeah, yeah. and uh, you know with data comes also the issue of uh, privacy you're mentioning you know that uh, at a restaurant users are uh, asked for their phone numbers what yeah. what if they're like some users may not be interested in giving out their phone numbers how do you manage data privacy in that so see what we believe is that the the data that of a restaurant mm. is their data it's so we in from that perspective we consider ourselves to be like a data bank okay. so we never do cross promotions i would never give one restaurant data to anyone um a restaurant can do anything that they want on their own data mm. but they cannot sort of use any other restaurant's data and that's something that we've sort of over the last uh, you know 5 years been very sort of cognizant of yeah and that's also the reason why today we have around 10000 restaurants on the platform readily sharing the data uh, with us because we're not you know doing cross selling or cross promotion across uh, databases mm. um, but having said that yeah we're always trying to you know figure out how can we make sort of data a lot more protected and yeah. that's something that's an ongoing sort of process yeah uh okay thank you so much for your time i yeah. think uh, those from those were some really you know great insights and it was uh you know great to understand uh, so many so you know such deep aspects of the food tech industry yeah. which are kind of hidden you know from the public eye so thank you again for your time i uh, really appreciate it no it's a pleasure thank you so much for having me over and uh, hopefully we look forward to seeing you guys use dinehart very soon yeah yeah, yeah. great yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, fantastic. Thanks. Thanks. So. Oof.